Welcome back, everybody, to a special edition of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have with me one of the creators of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman, and a creator I can finally cross off my bucket list. So thank you for being on the podcast. I'm thrilled to be here, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. I am super stoked, and I know that a lot of people are going to be really happy to hear what you have to say and everything. And we are only a few short days away from San Diego Comic-Con. And there's a lot going on with you right now in the comic world. So what is it like for you coming into this convention knowing that you co-created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 34 years ago and it has remained one of the most relevant comics spanning over several generations, had movies, toys, several animation series. What does that all mean for you? It's mind-blowing in every sense of the word. And like you said appropriately, it was crazy to think that this past May was the official 35th, 34th, <laughs> I don't want to get a year ahead, 34th birthday of the Peter and I launched the first comic at a very small comic convention in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, May, uh, May 5th in 1984. So we call that the official birthday. So the fact that we've made it, the Turtles are 34 years old, that we've been drawing and doing Turtle comic books. The Turtles have been in the public eye in pop culture for 34 years. is beyond mind-blowing for anyone, especially me. And it's one of those things that I always flip it back on the fans because I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have the greatest job I have. I still wouldn't be getting up every day drawing and writing and doing Turtle comic books without their support. And I so dearly appreciate the great life they've given me. I fulfilled a dream. You know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Jack Kirby. And here I am. Never be as great as Jack Kirby, mind you. But my dream was to draw comic books and make a living drawing comic books and telling stories like Jack Kirby. And that's what I've been able to do thanks to my fans. You know, to keep blathering along, because I do that a lot, I talk so much, is here we are coming up. Our first Comic-Con was 1985. San Diego was quite a different city back then. I think that year it was at the Civic Auditorium and they were hoping for, I think, 10,000 attendees. And having attended every Comic-Con since then, going into this year, I'm still as excited, still as thrilled to be in the middle of the madness in the original official Comic-Con because it was the biggest for the longest time. It was the one that everybody looked forward to and I still look forward to it, even though I live here. It's in my back yard now and I'm still just as thrilled to be going next week. And to piggyback off of that, since they've been around for 34 years and almost 35 at this point, not to get a year ahead of ourselves, how do you feel that you have had the opportunity that very few comic writers get and creators get and artists get to span over multiple generations? That's a great question, and that's even more mind-blowing to me because I always go back to the very first issue as an example is, you know, when Peter and I did that, it came from such a wonderful place and that we were passionate. We wanted to write and draw comic books. We felt that we probably might not sell more than a couple hundred of these books, but we had so much love and so much desire to do that. That was the main focus, and the fact that we sold enough of those comics to then do a second one, and then a third one, and then a fourth one, it was crazy. You know, it's like we were actually making a living drawing comics. Having that then transition in a basically four short years, by 1988, the first Turtles cartoon was on the air, the toys were on the shelves, and that was a whole other thing where we just didn't know how it would be received. Would people really want to be watching these crazy mutant reptiles buy these toys? And when the public embraced that and it sort of took off on this whirlwind tour from the toys to the movies to the cartoon shows, that whole experience was like could have easily died a happy man. And then here we when Nickelodeon, Viacom, and IDW relaunched the entire Turtle brand back in 2011 with the new comics, the new cartoon show, and it found a new audience. And I always say that you, know, you can't tell a child what's cool. When you were a kid, you decided what was cool. When I was a kid, I decided. Kids today are the same way, and there's so much they're exposed to now, but the fact that it still resonates in some cool way with these kids today is epically, mind-blowingly cool. It's humbling, actually. 
And now to talk about 2011, that was the year you came back into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles after taking a break from them. What was that like coming back to this franchise and coming back home, for lack of a better word? No, it's an appropriate term. Even though I hadn't done anything specific or physical directly, you know, no Turtles comics or did not work on any specific Turtle projects for a while, they were always with me. It's like my family, and they're always part of everything I do. But when IDW, my friends Scott Dumbier and, and Ted and Robbie from IDW, when they got the license, to do the new Turtles comic book, they called and asked about the like to come meet Tom Walsh, the head writer who had a great pitch that Nickelodeon had proved and they want to launch a new comic book series and would like to be involved. Well, I came down and met Tom, coolest guy on the planet, great ideas, really flipped out over his vision, his mannerisms. I just joked that I want to be Tom Walsh when I grow up because he's such a fantastic writer. We just turned in issue 86. He's written every single one of those issues. He and Bobby and I will plot together, we'll work out the story arcs, we'll work out where it's going, but Tom does all all the heavy lifting and he does such a wonderful job the artists that we get to work with on the series are even cooler because i call them kids <laughs> because they're half my age or less and they're twice as talented so i love them and i also hate them because they draw better than i do but they bring such wonderful energy to the line you know between tom and guys like dan duncan the original series artist Corey smith Mateus santuclo sophie campbell and not to leave anybody out but there's so many of them that grew up on the original turtles and bring their love and passion into these stories and what they draw it's really energizing and it makes the old man feel pretty happy and now not to date yourself but the world has changed since the turtles were first created and the first comics were coming out and even throughout the animation series that have been out there how does that affect you with the teenage mutant ninja turtles drawing writing creating and even plotting it all out again good question in that it's kind of a cool thing that when you think like the kinds of references that peter and i put in some of the early issues issue one issue two you know the daredevilisms the new mutants the animal characters the different without getting too political or too dated too much there were specific things that affected and helped propel the kinds of stories we did now and that never changes i think that you know we're definitely drawing on world political entertainment ideas and concepts how everything's continually involved that continues to inspire that continues to direct or redirect your ideas and what you want to do with the story what you can do with the story i still go to the comic store a couple times a month reading titles i went and saw ant-man with my wife and son yesterday we're pop culture junkies and i love everything that's going on with it so that definitely plays a role in concept because at the end of the day we want to tell a great story at the end of the day we want to tell a story that we'd like to read the great thing about the idw team is that we don't think hey we should do this we should do that because we think it's going to bring in more readers we think more on what's going to make a good story and if there is an opportunity to bring another character from one of the turtles universes the old animated show or the, some of the movies and bring them into the turtles universe it has to be story centric and story first we kind of write the books for ourselves and we're thrilled all you fans out there come along with us for the ride because we're having a great time and now to talk a little bit about San Diego Comic-Con and the Turtles are going to be mixed in here a little bit. But San Diego Comic-Con is known for having exclusive variants as well as news releases. And without going into too much detail, do you or IDW have a cool variant that's going to be out with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Or is there anything major coming out that you could hint at that people should be out on the look for? Sure, you know, there's always going to be cool turtle stuff going on at Comic-Con. One of the things, as a fan, I know that NECA Toys is launching their movie Turtles as one of the deluxe collector sets. I want one of those. IDW is releasing, for the first time since 1996, the Kevin Eastman Simon Bisley graphic novel Body Count. 
that was originally published by Image is coming out as a hardcover, and I think there'll be a special black and white covered variant of that. But what I'm really excited about, besides all the Turtle stuff that we're going to see, there's going to be some new details or some new information on the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the new Nickelodeon series, which would be fun, and I think fans are going to dig it. My project that I launched just after Comic-Con last year for a story I created called Drawing Blood, we launched the Kickstarter in August of last year. We hit our goal, thanks to our fans, but we're going to show a lot of exclusive material from this project at the show. We're going to press next week, so all the fans that supported Drawing Blood are going to be getting copies into the first couple weeks of August, but we're going to do some sneak previews because the story is quite fun and it's quite exceptional, and we couldn't have realized it without the fan support. And now I want to table Drawing Blood for a few minutes because I want to touch upon something that also happens at San Diego Comic-Con, and that is autographs. People love getting their things signed. So where are you going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, if you know, and what is your policy for people who want to get autographs and advice considering that San Diego Comic-Con can be a zoo. Typically, when we do our shows other than Comic-Con, one of the things that Courtney and I like to do is we arrange it with the show host that anybody that comes is willing to stand in line to get a chance to meet me and chat with me for a few minutes. It's one autograph free for everybody. Every man, woman, and child, they get one autograph free, and if they want to purchase another autograph, they can pay $20. It's mainly so that the fans pay enough to get to the shows, get into the shows, and I want to give you a thank you back. The first autograph's free for everybody, but at Comic-Con, it's run a little differently in that the IDW line is free to all attendees and i'll be signing with idw from one to three on thursday and then after that i'm doing two private posted signings with a company called planet awesome comics and they're located in the torpedo comics booth a big large booth area there so that people can buy tickets to and there's prizes there's giveaways but people can buy tickets to get exclusive certain number of autographs signed for saturday and sunday and that saturday is 11 to 1 and sunday is 11 to 2 but otherwise i'll be bouncing all over the place annoying people i'll be over at the heavy metal saying hi to everybody but the signings are limited but look forward to seeing everybody there and now this might not be happening at san diego comic-con so i don't want to give anybody hope but you also are an artist and sometimes you do sketches how does that work and is that on the table for san diego comic-con or is that just off the table due to it being a zoo and a nightmare and hectic as hell well it's a double-edged sword and it's a bit of a curse only in that i have so many fans waiting for autographs when i do conventions that in years past i used to be able to do sketches at the table but it just takes too long so i can usually get a chance to visit and talk and sign autographs for about 100 or so people an hour but if you throw in sketches then suddenly it's down to 30 or 40 or 50 people and so i sort of feel like look i'd rather get a chance to meet with you chat with a few minutes give you a free autograph more if you want to pay for them but we oftentimes would just sketches in advance like i'll do as a warm-up i'll do a couple cover sketches or some convention sketches that are available for sale but i always do a little remark when i sign my autograph i put a little tiny turtle head so everybody gets a little tiny drawing and a signature with their autograph anyway so we cover both ends of it and make it fun for everybody and now we have a hard deadline but i do want to give one final question you mentioned heavy metal and you've worked on that and you're very involved in that and you have done so much more than teenage mutant ninja turtles drawing blood is something obviously there's going to be more coming out of san diego comic-con with that but where can people go to find out more about your work find out more about you follow you on social media websites purchase some of your comics please go to kevinismanstudios.com it's our home fan site website it's free you can pay to become a fan club member where you get special bonuses special 
special treats, discounts. But everybody can go to kevinisomstudios.com. You can find out where we are, where we're signing, new specials, anything we might have rare and exclusive or things that you can't find if you can't travel to a show that we're doing. If maybe there's a convention special cover or maybe even a print that was done, we'll get a number of those. We'll have them available for sale on the website. So pretty much all things Kevin Eastman and Kevin Eastman Turtles and new projects. You can find everything you need to know at kevinisomstudios.com and you can leave me a note, browse around, hang out, and it's a lot of fun stuff to see. As always, thank you for listening to this special edition of the podcast, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And while you wait for the podcast to return, you can definitely check us out at popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture, as well as give us a follow on Twitter at popanimecomics. And towards the end of the month, if you like our Facebook page, Pop Anime Comics, you can definitely get some free panels that will be at BlurredCon that I will be Facebook live streaming. So definitely give the Facebook page a like. And until we return, have a wonderful few months, and we will be back stronger than ever in September.